welcome to Turn the Page, the official podcast of the Syosset Public Library. Hello, and welcome to Turn the Page, and I am Lisa. I'm Melissa. Hi. That's your cue. And I'm Brian. <laughs> Good morning, everybody. So um, we, Melissa and I, are lifelong Islanders fans, and we were thrilled when Brian released a book last October. So we thought it'd be great to interview him. I have to say, for anyone who has not read the book yet, keep a box of tissues nearby. I cried. It was phenomenal. <laughs> So, there's, lots of fun, there's lots of fun family stories early growing up in Saskatchewan, obviously, Canada, um, growing up on a ranch with family and talking about mom and dad. Uh, you know, we, we've uh, we have wonderful, wonderful memories of growing up and, uh, you know, just uh, that part. And I think everybody can reflect on like relate and, and reflect in their own families and, and, and feel a little something about that with brothers and sisters, remote Canada, making it all the way to the NHL, go figure. But um, great stories of hockey in there. My buddies, uh, my line mates, and you know Al Arbor. You know the time in Pittsburgh here has been awesome. Uh, but it's, it's been a wonderful, wonderful hockey life. Thank you, ladies. So it's a pleasure to be here. Pleasure to be chatting with you guys about this this little uh, adventure I went on called writing a book. Holy cow! <laughs> um, so, what inspired you to write this book? Well, that's a great question. I, I'm, I'm glad you asked. It's, uh, you know, for over, well, long over 40, maybe closer to 50 years now. People have asked me all the time, can I write a book? And I said, yeah, you can write a book, but I'm not ready to write a book as far as like uh, an in-depth book about my life and and that kind of stuff. I really wanted to, wanted to keep everything close to the vest. Uh, I was very private and I didn't want to give away any secrets, uh, what I was thinking, um, strategies or anything. I was involved in coaching for quite a while. And uh, I've been going around doing a lot of speaking in the last 10, 15 years now that I'm out of hockey and telling stories and sharing, you know, this, uh, this experience of being a child and the dream of playing in NHL and the choices I made through life. And people started saying, you know, you got a wonderful book there. If you, you put an outline together and I started talking to publishers and they all were pretty excited. And uh, so when it comes down to like the time of life, I think it's where I'm at in life. Uh, you know, the, the idea of, you know, sharing a wonderful story and then on top of it, maybe influencing in a positive way, the next generation of, uh, you know, what I call student athletes. And, uh, you know, everybody has a dream and everybody has a, um, a skill. It doesn't have to be hockey. It doesn't, but it can be, it can be uh, music. It can be, um, you know, drawing, um, painting, whatever, whatever your, your, your skill is and use that as your vehicle to, you know, chase a dream. And so, yeah, no, it's, uh, it was, uh, a labor of joy, I call it because, you know, you, when you start a book and you do the outline and you're writing these, these, and you start editing, oh my God, you know, what we had to cut out, what we had to kind of condense down. It, it was a big book, 1400 pages was the manuscript. And, we got it down to this wonderful story. And I got my buddy Tiger Williams, you know, a junior hockey player to, to do a little story. And my daughter to write a little bit in there about, about uh, you know, just growing up with dad and uh, sharing that kind of fun stuff. And I mean, it's just a really, really kind of a, a joy to have 
all these people that you know and love and you're able to talk about that helped you through your, your career. And um, no, so it's, it's that. I think it's the influence in the, in, in the time of life where I'm at. I'm not as guarded anymore. So <laughs> here you go. There's Brian Trotje right there for you. I would have loved to have read a 1400 page manuscript. I think yeah, that me too. Really fun. <laughs> well, it was, you know, like when, when you handwrite something, you're sending it up because it was COVID, right? So um, you're sending it up to uh, the editors and uh, you're writing another chapter, you're writing more stories and you, you're heading, the, you're, you're sending that up. When they, when they can, when they put it into a manuscript form and I saw how thick it was and we had to go through it and there was a lot of uh, repeats, a lot of stuff that, that you obviously didn't make the cut, but I said to myself, you know, it was really kind of fun to just sit down and write. Cause I like writing and I, I enjoyed composition in school and I enjoyed that. Uh, I don't know, that dreamy side of me, you know, where you're using your imagination and remembering and, and, uh, and, and really kind of like, like sharing that, uh, that creativity of your mind. And uh, so I really enjoyed that part. Uh, so to put it down on paper was, was really just being me in one sense. And then, you know, then to condense it all and realize how, how, how many stories you actually have. And I could have wrote more, but um, you know, you, you realize that, Hey, it's, it's a book. Maybe we'll come up with the, another book. I don't think so, but you never know. So I think I'm going to jump in a little bit within the book um, at the sure. very beginning of the book you have a list of your hockey accomplishments what do you think is your favorite accomplishment on the ice oh my god without a doubt it's uh it's the stanley cups the stanley cups was what i played for i wanted to win above all i wanted to you know the the, the to share that that with your teammates and your your your, your fans of long island and pittsburgh here it's been that's been the biggest joy. Like there's nothing better uh, to, to dream about raising the Stanley cup over your head, you know, having that accomplishment and to do it with a team, with a group of guys that are your buddies, your friends, and that bond that, 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 that maintains through life. It's just incredible. You know, like the coaches I've had Al Arbor, you know, like that, that experience of having that, uh, I guess a father figure and then accomplishment together, um, you know, and through that and then just kind of kind of sharing that ride um, and, and talking about it was a, a little was reminded like I got goosebumps talking about all this fun stuff when I was writing it and, and sharing these stories. And uh, that, that that experience, that that winning, putting the jersey on for the first time, scoring your first goal and, you know, making Hall of Fames and, you know, some of the goals you scored through that. They're fun. They're really exciting. But there's nothing better than winning the Stanley cup and pumping that thing over your head and, and, you know, seeing the faces and the screams and the joy in the, it, with, with our Long Island fans and uh, to do it four times in a row and to be, you know, we're just young and dumb, I think, but at the same time <laughs> we were young and we, we, we stayed healthy. We had a great system. We had a good group of guys and I'll tell you, it's, it, it's, it's a miracle in one sense, but it is like, to me, that's my favorite, of all the accomplishments is the Stanley cup, the, the Holy grail of hockey. And it's funny because I was young when it first started, like I was in kindergarten. I'm a little older than Melissa. And <laughs> it basically was that every single year the Islanders would win the Stanley cup. I thought it was normal. I thought that's what happens. And like when it stopped, 
I was like, what happens? Like it just, it was like crazy for me. You know, the, 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 that, that little, that four year, five year period, um, for us, it was a, it was like a little longer because we, we had to climb that ladder of success. Mm -hmm. It came in 75 and then we, you know, we fell a little short for a few years, but we were learning how to win and then, uh, to, to find a way to overcome. And, uh, when you lose the Stanley cup and that devastation, and to see the next crop of players coming in, like LaFontaine, um, you know, Kelly Rudy and uh, the goaltender. And then you look and you see, how are we going to be able to like recreate ourselves and rebuild? Unfortunately, it didn't happen. But the fans of Long Island were so encouraging, so supportive. And yeah, it almost became routine to a degree. Um, you know, when you win, 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 back to back, three times, you know, four time champions, almost the fifth. Um, and we, we kind of, kind of learn that you say, you know what, the sun's going to come up tomorrow. We're going to pull our bootstraps on. We're going to try to find another, another way in a creative way and build this bond again with a group of guys. And, uh, but we got dismantled. I thought a little bit quick, but, uh, that's hockey to a degree. And, uh, lo and behold, you know, I end up being coming to Pittsburgh. So, you know, things happen for a reason and you got to make, uh, kind of lemonade out of lemons at times <laughs> but um you know my years and my experiences on long island are extremely special and just very memorable you know you mentioned al arbor before with winning the, the stanley cups and a couple of weeks ago they had the alumni weekend for the islanders and they did yep. a special on the board and they they had interviewed bossy before he had passed away and he said i hugged my coach who does that? I hugged my coach and I can't help thinking of him. As soon as you said, we had a great group of guys with Al Arbor and everyone. That was the first thing that popped into my head was Mike Bossy just smiling and going, I hugged my coach. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, 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 the coach sometimes tends to be like way over there. You know, it's almost like he's like untouchable, but he's, uh, he's revered. And in one sense, you know, he's that he's the commander. Like he's the commander on the bench. He's commanding. He's he's directing, and uh, so he's almost uh, that. Like Mike says, a little untouchable. But when you win, and you express that joy, and Al's a family man, and the one thing we loved about our Islander team, we're all about family. We talked about it all the time. Well, Long Island's our family. Like this, this is these people. They care. We got to care about each other, and we got to. It's got to mean something. So when you climb that ladder. And you meet and you're at the pinnacle and you say, I don't care if you're not supposed to hug your coach. I don't care if you think you're untouchable. And Al was just fantastic in that regard because, you know, like we we know that there's that respect and there's that, uh, I don't know, reverence, I think, that we all have of a coach. Um, and rightfully so, because, you know, they're, you know, they're, they're, they're they have a, a, a certain respect that just comes with that position. But Al was special. Like he was really good to us. He, he was a father figure for a lot of us. He basically same age as my parents. So when I looked at Al and Bill as a team, I was like, oh my God, you know, these people know what they're doing. They put together a good group of guys. We believed in each other. We believed in our coaches. We believed in our system. And uh, yeah, to be able to hug them and, and, and share that joy. I think it was just as joyful for, for Al and Bill as it was for, for us players, because boy, it's a ride. And it's a, you know, if there's, you know, the coach can't go out there and score goals. He can't go out there and back check and break up plays. But uh, 
I found that out when I was coaching is like, you know, you, you encourage, you prepare the players, you know, you do the best you can, you make them believe, you encourage, you keep cheering for them. And when that, when you ride and you're able to thank the players for, for, you know, what they're able to do. I mean, it's, it's pretty special for all of us. That's awesome. I love that. Lisa, you have one? You know, I have to say one thing that really struck me while reading your book was how close the relationship was with your family. And I was just wondering if other young hockey players at that time were as close to their family as you were. You know, that's a great question. Again, like where I come from in Saskatchewan, um, remote Canada, um, you know, we lived on a ranch, five kids, older sister, younger sister, two younger brothers. You know, she, we, we, we had chores to do. We had no, they're basically your playmates during the day when you're not working. So yeah, you, you build a closeness and you're, you know, you're kind of living off the land and, you know, you realize, you know, you know we, we got to feed these pigs because we got to, we all like pork chops. Oh, we're going to feed these chickens. We all like eggs and, you know, <laughs> fried chicken. And uh, realizing that's just, you know, we're, we're, we're living off the ranch and the land and, and the cattle and we're working towards something. And, you know, dad taught us and mom and mom and dad taught we got to rely on each other because this is all we got. And uh, our neighbors were, you know, a mile or two away and they had families and they had, they were working and, a small community, you know, is much like a family. A little, our little town of Valmarie was, you know, 200 to 300 people in town. And then the rural area is probably another 150, 200 people. So 500 strong. It was a vibrant little town. But you lean on each other. You rely on each other in order to do things. And you got to be reliable and you got to be dependable to, to your neighbors as well. So um, I think you learn life skills. And uh, I think our friends over in mom's hometown of Climax, Saskatchewan. I think they were very close. We were still close with a lot of those those uh, those teammates I had there and, and their families. And it's wonderful, that bond. And it's a friendship, obviously. It's a great friendship. So I think it's, uh, it, it's kind of hockey to a degree because hockey is a big part of the fabric in Canada and, you know, in, in the hockey world, basically, you know, the hockey fabric of Long Island is pretty tight and it's really grown over the years. And uh, you're pretty proud when you see some of the kids that are making it to the NHL. And um, obviously they need a lot of support. So, uh, you know, you build those bonds, you build that support and, um, and away you go. So you got to stay close. You got to stay tight knit and uh, dependable to each other. And when it's all said and done, it's just an ultra sacrifice. And, and you say to yourself, thank you, mom and dad. Thank you, brothers and sisters. Thank you, family. And, um, Thank you, all my teammates. And it, it, the book was kind of a way to say thank you to all the people that kind of help you along the way. Because each each stage is a stepping stone, right? Uh, whether minor hockey to junior to you know to the pros and every coach along the way and every 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 family and teammate you have along the way. And I'll tell you, it's really kind of fun to look back over your shoulder and say, "Hey, you know what? That was kind of a fun time." I just want to give a quick shout out to your horse. He sounds like he was fun. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm yeah. When dad, when dad got putt putt and uh, he, he had a, it was a registered quarter horse and she was a great mare, beautiful, beautiful strawberry roan. And uh, she was uh, just a gorgeous horse. And when we went to Jim Cannon's and rodeo, I mean, she was a, she's kind of a jaw dropper because she was just so smooth and, and, but she was an athlete is the way dad explained it. And to me, that was 
another part of our family, you know, that we go to these things and, and do well at all these competitions because we had a really good horse. And people would ask us her name and we'd say, oh, her registered name is Motor McHugh, but dad nicknamed her Putt-Putt. And we loved it. We loved calling her Putt-Putt. like an old tractor, you know, Putt-Putting around the yard. And But she was a bit of a babysitter for, for our, you know, like all our cousins, whatever. We'd, we'd take little rides around the yard and in the in the corrals. And she she was never mean or anything and anything for a little bit of hay and a little bit of oats. And uh, But when it comes to competition, boy, she'd put her ears up. And boy, she performed. It was great. I mean, it was just a wonder, again, a wonderful experience to be able to be a little bit of a cowboy and, uh, you know, have that fun on the back of a horse. And it's exhilarating. I can't get over the little ears popping up. <laughs> yeah, they, they come to life, boy. It's, it's, it's competition time. Like I was one, I, we went to a, a figure skating competition and my, I've been in hockey for a long time. But we went to a figure skating competition in Canada, and I didn't realize that uh, you know these young young gals and, and men when they when they all of a sudden they 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 put on a game face, and that and I, we probably did the same thing in hockey. We had a game face before that, you know, yeah, hi, how are you? You know, we're we're just conversing. All of a sudden, it's game time. It's like, oh yeah, and the horses are the same way. It's like, oh, it's, we're on. Ears go up. You know, they they get all tensed up. You can feel the muscles. I'm on. Is it? They're powerful. Powerful. Um, animals i'll tell you that do you have any pets now i i got a ding dong dog named rowdy i mean he's the he's a border collie australian shepherd mix a gorgeous dog he's chocolate big white mane like the uh, like the collies have like lassie dark chocolate kind of looking dog he, he's got two little dots above his eyes he, he's getting a little old now he's 12 and uh, he's getting a gray face now and he's just uh he's slowing down a little bit but he still thinks he's a puppy at times uh, he's, uh, he's my, actually my son, Christian's dog, but you know, he, Christian's off to school. So, you know, I'm, I'm holding the fort, me and Rowdy are holding the fort here. And, uh, but he's, uh, he's a, he, I call him a ding dong dog, but he's, uh, he does his best. He's, he's, he's loyal. He's, he's a happy dog and, you know, my job is to keep him healthy. So yeah, he, we get along pretty good. If you don't mind, Mr. Trottier, I'd like to talk about the fans again and give a yeah. Quick shout out, because you mentioned the Booster Club in your book. I'm currently a part of the Islanders Booster Club, and we are about 150 members strong, and we take trips, and we have viewing parties, and we are one of the strongest fan groups that we have. And I love that you mentioned that and the softballs, um, the softball games in your book, because my mom grew up with the softball games, and she said it was one of the best things that she could do to you know go out and meet the players and everything like that. Well, our, our Long Island fans are just like uh, like nobody else. Like they really um, kind of adopted players from all over North America, Europe, and made them feel like they were part of the Long Island fabric and community. So whenever there was an event going on, we got invites. We got, I've, I've gotten so many invites to people's home for dinners. We had barbecues. You know the law. The booster club had had an annual dinner, and it was a great celebration. It was an opportunity, I think, for the fans to get a little closer to the players, and to connect, and to uh, I think have that um, opportunity to express their gratitude for how hard that we were working or whatever, and for us to express our gratitude, say, "Hey, thanks for the encouragement and the cheering." And it makes a difference. It makes a difference to have that um, that 
well, you remember the long the Coliseum and and they're trying to take that same atmosphere to UBS Arena. And I think that that atmosphere is intimidating to the opposition and it it, it gives you another shot of adrenaline as a player. So yeah, we appreciated that loyalty. And uh, I think when we won, my memory is that the fans kept saying, "Will you guys put Long Island on the map? You gave us an identity. You gave Long Island an identity. And, and we grabbed onto that because we felt like we were Long Islanders. We were New York Long Islanders. And people would say, do you feel like you're part of the city? Well, no, we're kind of Long Island. And uh, there, there was that, that Rangers were New York City. And we were Long Island. And, uh, you know, we're sure we had some Ranger fans on Long Island. Sure, there were some Islander fans in the city. But but it's really kind of cool to have that that identity. And uh, we all loved our Islander identity because it was about Island and the Long Island fans and the people of Long Island. So whether it's Montauk or whether it was like Northport, whether it was the South Shore down by Freeport, you know, we went everywhere. We did we did softball games out in Port Jefferson. We we played a lot of we played a lot of softball in summertime. And you know, we got to we got to travel Long Island and get to know the fans of Long Island doing those kinds of fun stuff. And there were they were cheering us crazy Canadians playing softball, you know, and we all love baseball. We're a baseball fans. So to to get out and you know, have a little summer summertime fun playing playing softball and raising money for charities. I think we all, we all uh, love helping out in communities. So there's lots of invites. So thank you, Long Island fans, because I tell you, you guys are special. Did you ever get like a wedding invitation or something really outrageous from a fan? No, oh, I, we I got can imagine my mom tried doing that. <laughs> yes, we got bar mitzvahs. We got, we got first communions. We got, uh, yeah. Oh, it was, it was, it was great to have all, you know, some can't make them all. But you build some friends, you build some bonds, some friendships through the years, and um, people come up to me, and you know, it was really kind of fun. It was even even like going to visit kids in hospitals. We didn't know the kids before, but they stay in touch. And there's, uh, there, you know, we go we go see kids that were stuck in the hospitals at Christmas time, and we bring them little gifts, you know, of, of Islander stuff, maybe an Islander pen or you know, some Islander paraphernalia, you know, just kind of cheer them up because they're stuck in in and these. And the families were so appreciative and uh, you, you stay connected through the years. And there's a, you know, there's like, I always say to myself, you know, like the toughest thing for us is when you get an invite to a funeral, but you feel like you're part of a family, you know, you're part of the Long Island family. And uh, you know, like weddings were fun, you know, obviously there's lots of fun involved when there's kids and young families getting together, but I'll tell you the funeral funerals were a little bit tough. Yeah. Uh, I have to just say, since Melissa did a shout out, um, my boyfriend is a huge fan <laughs> and the way that I met him was on Twitter. And the reason why I knew he was an okay guy is because he had a picture with him and you taken in Brooklyn. And he's actually going to be turning 40 on the day of your bobblehead. So of course we have to go to the game. So I just want to say, since I don't know when this is going to air, Happy 40th birthday, David. <laughs> a boy, David. All right. Okay. Hey, David. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll hope to see you guys there bobblehead night, but yeah, that's going to be a fun night at UBS. The bobblehead night, I think it's March 11th, March 10th, somewhere there. Yes. March uh, 11th. Yes. We'll have, we'll have a wonderful celebration again. This 50th celebration has been an absolute um, joy for all of the alumni. We've been able to go back, throw on our Islander identity, you know, reconnect with our fans of Long Island, um, I'm going back four, five, six times this year, which is 
has been a lot, but the invites and the opportunity to celebrate with, with the 50th anniversary of the New York Islanders has been absolutely great. I think everybody's putting their hearts into this as far as like memories and sharing memories, um, sharing the, the, the decades of hockey, whether it's uh, the Eddie Westfall, the early years, and, and you have the next generation of the 80s, you have the next generation of the 90s. And I'll tell you, to go back and meet some of the players is really special for our alumni. But uh, yeah, no, it's really kind of kind of great. So yeah, look forward to bobblehead night. My family's coming in. All the kids will be coming in. So we'll have we'll have a wonderful wonderful time, wonderful celebration. And yeah, we'll go home with the Trache bobblehead under under their arms. I'm like, who the heck wants this ugly mug on a bobblehead? But I but I always say to myself, it's really kind of fun to be able to be a part of the Islander family and and that Islander lore and and the history of the Islanders. We're yeah, happy Melissa, to have you. Yeah, Melissa and I are both season ticket holders, so we've been to all of them, and we really enjoyed all the different, you know, the families coming in. It's been mm -hmm. such a great season for that. It's been absolutely great to, to see so many guys come back and see the UBS arena, and, and it's a beautiful building, and it's a great spot, and everybody's really kind of embraced that as well. So, no, it's uh, they're building another, another great atmosphere there that, the team is is working. They're like a four-line, hard-working team, getting great goaltending. So, yeah, we're cheering for them with all our mites like you guys are. And my – it's funny because she just mentioned we're season ticket holders. My seats are directly behind the retired numbers, and I'm my seat is directly behind your jersey. So it's Gillies, you, and then Bossy. And I'm like, we sit behind the best line in hockey history. <laughs> well, thank you. We – you know, we're so proud of our little our little – Trio Grande line that that Clark Gillies named us and uh, it was really special when because Clark and Mike were just ahead of me and in going up into the Raptors so when they put my number into the Raptors at the old Coliseum it just slid in between Mike and Clark so naturally it was goosebump night and I, I say to myself you know that little line has so much we had so much fun together so much success and uh, you know to have the big brother on the left Clark Gillies nobody nobody bothered us too much and then had the the purest goal scorer Mike Bossy on the right side and me just chunking pucks to either one of those guys and you know getting a little bit of little bit of glory out of out of, out of it but I say to myself this was really special 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 trio of uh of of you know guys who wanted to win wanted to share in a lot of success and help each other out and you know it was uh it was magical now I'm like crying. Sorry. <laughs> she, gets, she gets a little emotional sometimes. That's okay. I love it. <laughs> um, one more quick thing I want to mention. You talked about um, your mental health and I, I heavily want to thank you for that because like you said at the time it really was not discussed and nowadays it's becoming discussed more. We have the Bell Let's Talk. Um, Robin Leonard has been open about it. Carrie Price has been open about it. And I just want to thank you for mentioning that in your book, because that's a fact about you that I never actually knew. Um, and reading about it, it was kind of like someone who I admire and I look up to so thank much you. talking about it had really made me feel secure that my anxieties, my mental health is not invalid. My mental health is 100 percent valid in how I feel. Oh, without a doubt. And I think mental health is uh, we all want that for our children. We want they want we want our children to be healthy and we want them to be happy. So why not talk about mental health as happiness and uh, that joy of life? And when there's no joy, I mean, parents are miserable. 
if their kids are miserable, if one is sick, we're, the parents are sick. And I can't imagine like I like when my, my kids went through some teenage depression and um, it wasn't fun. But on the other side of it, I mean, you, you see these kids excel and and uh, be happy. And now they now they have families. And, um, you know, that that's a tough time for anyone. And I call it a dark time for me. It was just I did. It snuck up on me. I didn't know what it was. I thought I had the flu. And uh, when you're diagnosed, there's kind of like, well, maybe a little embarrassment at the time. But you're like, you know what? Heck with this. I, you know, I, I, I said to myself, I got to figure this out because, you know, I'm not healthy. And the kids were good about it. My family, my friends, everybody rallied. I was like, holy cow, this is spectacular. Like nobody just hates me. Nobody thinks I'm a, I'm a weakling. Um, and, and, and no one should because, it, you know, it's, it, it's anxiety to agree. Absolutely. It's, uh, you know, how we look at ourselves, our attitude at the time, and, you know, maybe some outside pressures, maybe there's, there's things going on in your life. But when you recognize them, you realize them, you say, hey, this ain't the end of the world. You know, I'm not going to get defined by this. I'm going to be defined by by all the fun stuff that's going to that's happen beyond this. And uh, so it was really kind of a, I don't want to say an awakening, but it was to a degree because uh, we all want to support each other. And if my friends are in trouble, no matter what it is. I'm going to rally for him. And I found that. And it was really kind of spectacular that, okay, let's, what, what are you going to do to fix you, Brian? I, I didn't know I was broken, but, um, and you're really not. You're just kind of like, you got a little voice inside of you that's talking to you through all this. And my voice was pretty positive, but you know, like when you're, when you're down and you're not, you're not happy, I don't know what it was, but uh, when you recognize it, start digging them off and hitting check marks and saying, okay, I, I got this. Okay. I got this. Okay. I got this. And uh, you know, find some, some help and some tools that that help you through it i tell you it was uh it was a rough time but uh at the same time i said to myself i'm gonna be uh it was a step it was like actually it helped it it helped me take the next step in life because i was a father i was finishing up my hockey career i went into coaching and this whole transition of going on um you know some some finances i was like saying okay now i gotta i gotta bust up these finances because it's taken my it's taken my energy away and I got to kind of kind of get my energy back towards this and your focus. So there was a lot of uh, kind of uh, uh, recognizing and, and recognition going through that. So it helped me. It, it, it made me focus on things that were the most important things in my life. And, uh, you know, being a dad, um, be a provider, um, recognizing that, you know, the, the path I was taking into coaching was going to be the next step in life. And, um, you know, that transition was really good for me. You know, it kept me in hockey, kept me in, in, in a game I loved to, to, to be involved in. And the years I was playing anyway, you know, you're, as a teammate, you're kind of helping each other. So coaching each other to a degree. So I, it was a natural kind of thing. And um, Al Arbor encouraged me. Uh, there was Bob Johnson and Scotty Bowman, you know, Craig, pa everybody was very encouraging. Say, you know, you're going to make a pretty good coach. And then to climb that ladder of success as, co as a coach and, and, and win the championship in Colorado in 2001 was again, a sense of like, uh, uh, esteem you know I really felt I felt proud of myself to be able to like say you know what I chased this dream as a coach and I accomplished it um and now I can relax and it was great uh can I do it again well I, I pursued it for a little while after but it wasn't going anywhere and I said I'm not going to pursue this anymore I got a whole bunch of other things and the phone kept ringing the phone kept ringing they wanted me to come out and share stories they wanted me to go to these events and tell my story and you know, whether it's First Nations communities or fundraisers. I was enjoying that. And I said to myself, this is a lot of fun. 
And that, that went into the book, believe it or not. So the, this transition of life is, is awesome if you keep embracing it. So that little time in my life when it was a little bit tough, well, pretty dark, but at the same time, you know, I said to myself, you know, you learn a lot about yourself. And when you embrace all the good things about yourself and all the wonderful people in your life, a lot of good, a little more magic might happen for me. And I, it did. Thank you. Thank you for that. And thank you for coming on our podcast today. Yes. Oh, my pleasure, ladies. Thank you. And I, I know we're playing the Penguins tonight, but I have to say, let's go Islanders. <laughs> exactly. Well, I, I tell everybody, they say, who are you pulling for tonight? When the Islanders play the Penguins, I always go home a winner. But I always pull for the home team. So whether they're playing on Long Island or Pittsburgh, you know, I always hope for a great game for the fans. But I'm, I always want the fans to go home. Ha- when, when it's a home game, I want the home team to go home the happiest. So uh, so let's. I, I pull for a great game tonight. It's going to be a great game. Uh, the Islanders of Penguins always put on a great performance, and it brings out the best in both teams. So we'll 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 have a good game tonight. Okay, yes. very exciting. Thank you, Th- Melissa, Lisa. Thank you so much for your time today. Appreciate sharing all my stories with you. We we'll look forward to it and have a wonderful. You guys are doing wonderful. You guys are good good hosts. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so Thank much. You. It's time to close this chapter of Turn the Page. Join us for the next episode.